0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up.
1: So glad you're with us for the Monday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Hope you had a wonderful Mother's Day and a good weekend. Jim, we have good, bad, and bad slash crazy for our third martini today. All of it brought to you by ExpressVPN. You can protect your online activity today with ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash martini. Much more on them a little bit later in the podcast. And Jim, it's actually a three-headed good martini, so if you really want to inflate, and we'll probably be dealing with inflation sometime soon anyway, (laughs) um, let's just say we got three good martinis. So let's start with number one. First of all, if you've had COVID of any severity, you're probably producing antibodies which is excellent news. So the idea that if you had a mild case, you could get reinfected seems to be lowering, and so we'll definitely take that. Hats off to pundit over at Hot Air, by the way, for compiling all this. Secondly, uh, he says uh, we needed a breakthrough in order to scale up testing dramatically, and that appears to be happening as well. Antigen tests would be simpler than other tests that we're already producing. The key to doing that now is ramping them up, and it looks like we're going to do that more than a million a week within several weeks. And obviously that's where we want to be. In fact, even higher than that. The third bit of good news is researchers in Hong Kong, not mainland China, Hong Kong, we might actually be able to believe this just a little bit. And that's that uh, folks taking a variety of different drugs, but particularly drugs normally used to treat HIV, seem to be uh, significantly shortening the duration of uh, the COVID infection. So Jim, we'll keep track of all these things, but right now, Good news. We'll take
0: it. Yeah. And by the way, for those wondering, it is different from remdesivir, now that I've learned how to pronounce that. <laughs> yes. Uh, these ones over in the Hong Kong study are uh, interferon beta-1B, which I believe was a character in the last Star Wars movie, um, <laughs> a drug which is used to treat multiple sclerosis, and the HIV drugs lopinavir, ritonavir, as, you know, and rib- ribavirin, used to treat hepatitis. God, when I started a political podcast, we did not expect we'd have to pronounce all these drug treatments. Um, look, this is all really good news. And I have a, a corner post that just went up a short while ago. I, I've been reading John Barry's uh, The Great Influenza, which is talking about the influenza epidemic of 1918, 1919, 1920. And it's all full of ter- really terrible, scary stuff. But one of the things that was most interesting where he talks about the concept of, it's kind of almost a mathematical reversion to the mean. And then what happens is when you have a particular virus like the influenza virus of that time period that goes through a mutation and suddenly becomes extremely dangerous and extremely contagious and, and just uh, you know the worst possible thing you could imagine, well, the law of averages says that actually it's going to become gradually less. It's not gonna, you know, once you have become about as dangerous and virulent as you can be, it's tougher to get any more dangerous and virulent. Um, and so all subsequent mutations are more likely to push in the direction of becoming less deadly and less uh, contagious. And that's what happened, That's so why the third wave was not nearly as bad as the, f- the second wave uh, of the, of the uh, influenza virus. Now, we can't count on that. I would not make this the plan, but it is one factor that suggests that time is on our side. And as you see these people saying, ah, oh, we've been in lockdown for what is now starting our ninth week, we've wasted all this time, we haven't this well. Look, one of the upsides of all this is that over this time, hospitals, doctors, and medical researchers all around the world have the time to start trying different combinations of drugs and figuring out which ones work uh, best. And lo and behold, now we have a couple of different options for treatment. Different options may not work the same on all patients, but nonetheless, um, our accumulation of knowledge of this on each particular one uh, increases with each passing day, and it's worth keeping that in mind. So if you're staying at home and you're getting frustrated and you... Wish you could go out and see all your friends and stuff. Look, everything you've gone through for the past two months is doing a different, is, is buying time and is increasing the odds that if you happen to get this a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, or in the fall, the scientific world and the medical world will have a lot more knowledge of how to fight this, which will hopefully spare you the worst possible consequences.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely right. So uh, congratulations to the researchers in Hong Kong, and uh, also just knowing the fact that uh, you're producing antibodies, most likely if you've had a few symptoms or possibly even no symptoms, is is excellent news. All right, let's uh, talk about our wonderful sponsor today, and that is ExpressVPN. You know, we're talking about coronavirus, and there are some people in China who got in trouble for blowing the whistle on this and people going online talking about it. The government saw that, cracked down on them. Don't have that problem in this country, certainly not to that extent anyway, Uh, but uh, you want to have your internet uh, service protected and that means protected from hackers, protected from people seeing where you're going online and that's where ExpressVPN comes in because being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy being on your own home network. You think, oh, I just need to fire up incognito mode on the browser and no one can see what I'm doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website that you've ever visited. That's why even when you're at home, you should never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure that your internet service provider can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection
0: is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that is shared amongst thousands of users. That means that everything you do is anonymized and it cannot be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. You can use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you are protected. And ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. And Jib, I don't know if you're
1: like me, but uh, I did some uh, internet browsing and, and shopping for Mother's Day. Whether you bought from the place or not, the fact that you went to the website, all of a sudden now you're getting all these banners dropping in when you're on your email or when you're scrolling through social media, suddenly the place you stop for 30 seconds looking to see if that might be a good gift for your wife, Uh, all of a sudden now it's just constantly in your in your Facebook feed and whatnot. So it's just really annoying. ExpressVPN can help you clean that up. So protect your online activity today with the VPN that you can trust to secure your privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com slash martini, and you can get an extra three months free, three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash martini. Again, expressvpn.com slash martini to learn more. EXPRESSVPN.com slash martini. All right, Jim, speaking of the Chinese, let's uh, move over to our other uh, piece of news about uh, coronavirus from an international perspective. And according to Der Spiegel, courtesy of the German Intel service BND, Uh, The Chinese cover up here in the early stages is even more grotesque than we realized. And yes, it goes all the way to the top, allegedly. Xi Jinping, according to uh, Der Spiegel, this is translated by the Daily Caller, met with World Health Organization Director General Tedros, I'm not saying the rest of his name because I couldn't possibly do it, on January 21st to request that he withhold information about human-to-human transition and delay the declaration of a global pandemic, The news comes amid rising sentiment that China should be held financially responsible for the pandemic. Quote, the BND's verdict is harsh. At least four, if not six weeks have been lost in Beijing's information policy in the fight against the virus. Jim, as you said in our prep, you know, it's it's nice that our own intel is getting some nice backup here from the Germans, but wow, uh, four weeks could have made a huge difference here.
0: Yeah, now here's the, there's one or two points we probably should keep in mind here. Um, China had at least said in its public statements on January 20th, that it had confirmed human to human transmission. So when I see this argument of this would, you know, save several times, look, the the world, at least China was admitting it. Now, as I've, you know, put out in many timelines and many other articles, there was a considerable amount of evidence saying that Chinese doctors on the ground knew well before this. In fact, in December, that this was going to be a, uh, the type of virus that could jump from person to person. That having been said, if this is the case, then this is the sort of thing that needs to be screamed from the rooftops, um, because there was this odd point where uh, the World Health Organization had a meeting, probably right around this time, and they said they could not come to consensus about uh, whether this was a uh, this was this was a needed to be declared a global health pandemic, and then about. I'm going to say 10, 11 days later, they finally remet and said, yes, this is. And I always remember looking at this and saying, what, what changed in that time? What, what happened? You know, does this make any sense um, from what they were describing? And what you know, we were seeing in, in Wuhan, the spraying of the cities with the, the disinfectant and all that kind of stuff, it seemed weird. It was the end of January, it says it, it did January uh, 31st. So what was going on there? Why, why would they do that? Well, if it really is the president of China calls up and says, please don't declare this a global pandemic. And Dr. Tedros says, "Okay." Then you kind of wonder, what do we have a World Health Organization for? Right. Because their job is—it's right there in the name, health. It's not supposed to be world protect China's reputation organization. And so it is—it is really deeply frustrating. Uh, I think this also indicates that we should, you know, any idea that now Xi Jinping—if only the czar knew, you know, he had no idea about what was going on, and he was getting bad information up the chain. No, no, no. When lives were on the were at stake. Uh, Xi Jinping most cared about China's reputation and denied the world. Uh, he did not sound the alarm the way that we needed to. Whether you necessarily believe, you know, four to six weeks of additional preparation time could have changed it. How many lives you want to say could have been altered by this? Look, this, this virus pandemic would have evolved differently if they had sounded the alarm back on January 20th. It is absolutely inexplicable and says that all the criticism that who is getting is, is fully deserved. So we will see how this shakes out, Greg, but... Um, I certainly hope that other you know, world intelligence services can confirm this conversation because this is a giant smoking gun uh, in an indictment of both China and the World Health Organization of hiding the truth when the world needed it most.
1: Absolutely right. And Der Spiegel goes on to say that uh, the BND, the German intelligence, claims that four to six weeks of additional PrEP could have avoided the pandemic entirely. As you just pointed out, I don't know that we can make that leap, but uh, it, it certainly would have been good. It certainly wouldn't have hurt. Absolutely. But uh, you know, as we've talked about in the past, Jim, China's gotten a pass in our own media to a huge extent because Trump's got to be the bad guy. And if Trump's blaming China, well, then China's got to be the good guy. Does that change at all with the, the Germans essentially confirming that? Or will this get memory hold?
0: I, I was going to say, one of the things that's deeply frustrating about this is how many people... I, I see motivated reasoning. Now, maybe people are going to say, Jim, you, you have, you're just practicing motivated reasoning in a backwards direction. But um, there seems to be this fear that acknowledging any role or malfeasance on the part of China is somehow helping Trump or somehow uh, amounts to trying to get Trump reelected or something like that. Like, look, you know, as a wise philosopher, once said, facts don't care about your feelings, right? <laughs> facts are facts, right? Well, you know, if, if, if Xi Jinping and, and Tedros had this conversation, then they did, and they need to be held accountable for that. And I'd like to think that Trump haters I'd like to think that people who are vehement critics of this administration, who generally believe in the good that international organizations can do, who oppose nationalism, who believe in a world order and the value of institutions like the World Health Organization, those are the folks who should be screaming the most. And and there's this fear of acknowledging that Tedros made terrible decisions, um, that if you do that, then somehow people will lose faith in who? Guess what? People have already lost faith in who, right? Now the question is, how do you restore it? And this, uh, this this motivated reasoning causes people to try to convince themselves that Tedros's actions weren't that bad, and that China is, well, what, what are you going to do about China? Eh, there's nothing to do about it. The real problem is Trump, when in fact, well, you know, we can argue about the decisions Trump has made. He's earned more than a shared criticism here. But all in all, nothing Trump does changes with the actions of these two men and the consequences that flowed from those actions. I know I've
1: said this before, Jim, but I probably needs to be renamed anyway after this debacle, but uh, just the fact that WHO is the acronym, because when you just said, (laughs) we've lost faith in WHO, and of course, it sounds like an Abbott and Costello routine. Well, the World Health Organization. Exactly. WHO? Well, you just said WHO. (laughs) All right, on to 4Patriots Fantastic sponsor, find them at 4Patriots.com slash Martini Uh, The great deal going on right now, the free solar panel that comes with the purchase of the Patriot Power Generator 2000X and of course their ongoing deal free shipping on orders over $97 The key is to be prepared. Uh, You don't know when your power is going out. When you're prepared, you don't have to wait for the power company to turn the the juice back on and your appliances can be running while everybody else is waiting on pins and needles. The new uh, Patriot Power generator 2000x has double the capacity uh, and is expandable so you can run the big appliances comes with 12 outlets including 4ac plus two two USB-C outlets that can charge your phone 20 times faster also don't forget about the uh deals that are ending soon uh, the solar go fridge the sauna wrap therapeutic blanket and so much more visit 4 martini to get your patriot power generator 2000x with the free solar panel included Plus, get free shipping on orders over $97. Save more and get peace of mind now by going to the number 4patriots.com slash martini. That's 4patriots.com slash martini. All right, on to our bad slash crazy final martini now, Jim. And uh, as as you know, live sports has been few and far between in terms of events that we've been able to see. It's easing a little bit. There was a UFC uh, event this weekend that I think got pretty good... uh, numbers it was a pay-per-view so I didn't get to see it but I'm not really into the UFC anyway uh, there was some live cornhole with players uh, wearing masks on ESPN very very exciting uh, to watch over the weekend but uh, we want the big sports of course Uh, the NBA the NHL Major League Baseball still trying to figure out what they're all going to do but right now a lot of us are just thinking just let football season happen But it might not be happening. We're already hearing lots of people talk about no fans in the stadium, which would obviously be a a very different atmosphere. But now Dr. Fauci is giving people reason to wonder if it should be played at all. Uh, Newsweek has the story, but it originally appeared in Peter King's Football Morning in America column, where Fauci says, quote, Sweat as such won't transmit it. But if people are in such close contact as football players are on every single play, then that's the perfect setup for spreading. I would think that if there is an infected football player on the field, a middle linebacker, a tackle, whoever it is, as soon as they hit the next guy, the chances are that they will be shedding virus all over that person. If you really want to be in a situation where you want to be absolutely certain, you'd test all the players before the game, unquote. And that actually happened with the UFC event. One fighter did test positive, so that bout did not happen. And Jim, we obviously have the games continue when important players are injured and so forth. So I don't know if they would just say, well, if you test positive, you can't play. The games still go on. Or this means that they're going to be more reluctant to play at all. What do you, What's your reaction?
0: Here? Yeah. So first of all, you know, here it is. It's May 11th. Uh, March 12th was the day... Uh, Schools were closed in my neck of the woods. Generally, that week was when America kind of woke up and recognized just how serious the crisis was. I believe the night before was when the NBA announced uh, they were suspending the season. So basically, about two months have gone by. We, we, you notice there's no sign of when the NBA season is going to get started up again, when the NHL season is going to get restarted. Major League Baseball is supposed to have a meeting this week. There's some talk about maybe around July 4th. You know, uh, it's not surprising that they are having a very tough time figuring out how on earth do you play these games in which people are often going to come in contact way more than six feet closer to each other and keep people safe from spreading the virus from one person to another. Now, when I first saw this news, Greg, my first reaction was, well, okay, it'll be safe in some cases because New York Jets defensive backs never come more anywhere closer than six feet of an opposing receiver. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there's this, you know, there's definitely going to be, you know, they can't cover, they never even tackle guys. There's giant holes all over the field. So they'll be practicing social distancing. Um, but I, I, look at that statement from Fauci and look, he doesn't have the final word on this. Although I, I noticed that, uh, the commissioner Goodell did have him announce making an announcement before the NFL draft. You think Goodell's like, come on, man, <laughs> I give you that prime spot to address the country. Can't you get you work with me here? But my, I look at that and I think, I don't know even when uh, sports are going to return. I, I think that the most of the ideas that have been tossed around are like, well, okay, you, you isolate everybody and you put them in a, uh, a particular city. Well, I mean, are all the players going to stay in that city away from their families for the entirety of the season? Are you going to keep them in hotels when they're not at the stadium? How do you minimize their interaction with the rest of the league, with the rest of the world while this is going on? I think it's functionally going to be almost impossible. I I think at some point people are going to sneak out either to see their families or maybe for other forms of human contact, or they're going to want to go out to eat. They're going to want to go out to, you know, it's going to be very tough to get, you know, all the NFL players, all the major league baseball players, all the NBA players and all the hockey players to stay isolated and away from the rest of the world. So even if you do get enough tests to, to test every single player before every contest, Chances are you're going to have a bunch of people, and I think most people would say, as the ruling was with the uh, NBA when they realized this, you know, they, they, their first reaction when they figured out about the Utah Jazz player was, "Well, we're canceling the game. Guys aren't going to want to play on the same field as somebody who's got it, because you know, you're. I mean, you thought they did a lousy job of tackling before. <laughs> how eager are they going to be Ta- tackle that guy, but don't let him breathe on you. You know, that's, it's going to be understandably uh, slow. I have no idea how they're going to make this work." And so my sneaking suspicion is, is that I don't know when these sports are coming back. I, as I said, I think golf or tennis might have an easier one in which you can kind of, there's less, you know, close personal contact, that sorts of thing. I think until we've got a clear, tre- I mean, even these guys who are you know, young and healthy and in their prime, the chances of it being a bad case probably aren't that bad. There are probably good chances that they'll end up with a mild case and they'll probably be fine in the long run. But God, if any one of those guys ended up in the hospital in an ICU unit because they played the game, you know, guys would stop wanting to play immediately. You know, this, this is just a, a level of risk they're not used to coping with here. So um, crazy in the sense, I don't know how they bring back the games with this level of risk. And I think uh, Fauci may have uh, inadvertently made it l- much less likely that games start anytime soon because of his, you know, what seems like an extremely fair-minded, you know, warning or just observation that like, look, you can't practice social distancing and play, you know, any of these major sports uh, in any capacity.
1: We are expected, at least as of right now, to have golf next week, starting next Thursday in Texas. We'll see if that happens. Auto racing, I think, is coming back fairly soon. The two things that, that jumped to my mind with this, Jim, first of all, in terms of the quarantine, unlike a lot of other sports, particularly, I would say, basketball, but you get injuries in every sport. And so when you get guys hurt, especially for long stretches of time, you got to fill that roster spot with guys who haven't been in this quarantine, uh, and who knows what uh, changes would happen when they come into the mix. But secondly, if they don't play, you're going to have huge fights between players who still want to get paid, at least to some extent, and owners who don't have any revenue because there's no gate, there's no TV and Mm -hmm. on and on and on. So this could get to be pretty ugly in terms of a business side of things.
0: Yeah. I I mean, one of the things that kind of jumps out is the, the NFL schedule came out last week. My father and my brother were like, uh, oh, you see any games you want to go to? And I'm like, guys, I don't think we're going to any games. <laughs> I don't think gonna be, there's going to be any. You know, just just having the games themselves will be a major victory. And again, TV revenue will be pretty considerable. I think it's very likely that if uh, you, know, you see the, the monster ratings they've had for the NFL draft and for uh, ESPN's uh, uh, documentary series, The Last Dance, People are hungry for sports, so chances are the TV audiences will be good, and maybe you can boost TV revenue, advertising revenue a bit. But uh, you're losing all the gate sale, all the ticket sales, all the sales of paraphernalia at the stadium, all the hot dog sales, all the different little things that you know add up to the revenue of a, of a professional sports. Um, look, they are they're really uncharted waters here, and I'm guessing if there's going to be any season, it's probably going to have to require everybody to give more than they want to give uh, I mean, both financially and in terms of accepting risk. And I I'm just, just don't know how, the, what the, how likely it is for, for that. Once you tell guys they're not going to get paid if there are no games, I think that might make guys a little more willing to accept the level of risk. But uh, you know, people would point out they already accept the level of risk with concussions and other forms of uh, you know, torn up knees and ACLs and all that kind of stuff. But uh, and this could be a matter of life and death. And I can understand why some people would be much more reluctant to get onto a field and you know, crash into another body. Not so much for the, for the impact, but for the fact that the, after the impact, the guy might breathe on you.
1: We're all going to be watching Cornhole, I guess, then, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> so uh, fuck up, everybody. <laughs> Jim, uh, that's the most depressing way to start a Monday we've had in a long time. See you tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Happy Monday, everybody. I mean, <laughs> we're just kidding. Every day's Wednesday. Yeah.
1: I'm Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus, Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Do not forget about our wonderful sponsor over at ExpressVPN, expressvpn.com slash martini. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a kind review. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. And please join us Tuesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.